So, why is it important to do what you love for an income? That question and more answered in this episode of The Grease Pilot Show with Michael Sawyer. Hey everyone, this is Michael Sawyer and welcome to The Grease Pilot Show. Uh, this is the first of many podcasts that we are going to talk about aviation, aviation business, and aviation entrepreneurship. Um, this is our first podcast, so please forgive me. There may be uh, some rambling, some uh, non-structure, but the whole point is to get on here and start talking about uh, aviation and aviation business. So I'm sure that'll interest a lot of people, whether they tune in now or later, uh, it's up to you. But uh, hopefully you find some pieces of value in this podcast. So um, this is the first first podcast, and I want to go ahead and shout out to Russell Brunson, I believe it is, with Traffic Secrets. It's an online marketing book, and um, that is what has pushed me to um, do this podcast because uh, the whole point is to make some content to put online to expose um, my products. But on top of that, you, I think understanding that the truth about aviation business or any business is that if you don't provide value in some way <clears throat> to the marketplace, then uh, you're, you're probably not going to sell anything. So in this podcast, we're also going to talk about how to start companies, um, what works, what doesn't work, what has... In particular, we're going to talk about what's happened with me. Uh, I'm a small business owner currently in aviation and been a small business owner since 2015 in the aviation field, primarily in aircraft maintenance and flight school. But we've dabbled in brokerage and, uh, you know, the ideas that we, and when I say we, it's the people that I've worked with, whether they're through partnerships or um, just companies that I've uh, sold to other people, you know, I've kept in touch with a lot of people within the industry. So when I say we, it's almost like the people that I work with consistently, what we talk about, but, um, you know, we've been involved with quite a bit of uh, ideas and we can talk about what was successful for us and how we got there. And um, that's the whole point of the podcast, just to kind of talk about it a little bit. <clears throat> There'll be a lot of, uh, Maybe pauses and breaks. I'm I'm gonna not try to edit this as much as possible, just because I want to keep posting, and to keep posting, it's got to be natural. And we all know that in the natural world, it's not perfect. So there's gonna be a lot of things on here that aren't perfect, and and I'm not even gonna say forgive me. That's just the way this is gonna be. This is a podcast. This is just throwing out ideas trying to get some value out there and also uh, as a side point uh, market the products and stuff that I'm involved with to see if it can help people because like I said before if you can't create value if you can't help people in some way then what's the point of them exchanging money with you for that value so uh, I got a couple headline or points on my piece of paper here in front of me that I want to make sure that I talk about and so one is the intro uh, Intro meaning like, um, what's, what's the point of this podcast? And I, I've already talked on it, but I'm reading Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. And I apologize, Russell, if I'm messing up your name. But his book has been sold or bought or given to numerous people. And he's kind of a, 
a guy that talks about marketing online and he's been in the marketing scene for a long time from what I've read in his books. And so my friend, Anthony, who I work with closely in a lot of different ways, uh, had recommended that I pick up his stuff. And Anthony is a business partner of mine that uh, always kind of was ahead in the marketing area. This is a guy that I've sold an uh, aircraft maintenance shop to. We, we partnered on a flight school together, which I had sold out of too. And um, so he and I stay closely together in a lot of ideas and what works, what doesn't. But he always, no matter what we did when we were partnering, he was responsible for a lot of the marketing and online stuff. So he was always ahead of me in that aspect, and he got me onto Russell's stuff. And part of Russell's stuff is, is to um, post constantly, post content on a constant basis, and that's what this podcast is. So uh, two to three times a week, I'm going to go ahead and put some podcasts up and stay at that cadence, and they'll get better, I promise. We're going to talk about things that, uh, like I said, aviation, entrepreneurship, and business. And um, I'll go back and edit it a little bit, but not a lot. So the intro is starting this podcast to go ahead. And as we're talking on my phone here, I'm seeing that I'm getting a call and uh, from one of my companies, and I'm not sure what it is. But the whole point is to kind of, with this routine on this podcast, there's going to be a lot of figuring things out, and that's how it is in business. So this is literally my first time, and I'm sitting in my basement in my house in front of, um, got my studios, temporary studio set up, and I'm just trying to figure everything out. And I've got a camera plugged into my phone here. And um, I'm, or excuse me, I got a microphone plugged into my phone. And step one, I'm already thinking, holy cow, you know, I'm getting calls and all these notifications on my phone. That's probably not best. So maybe we need to figure out for the next podcast, a turnkey system that's not so distracting. And you know, that's figuring it out. And in business, I think that's a lot of making your way uh, to where you are successful is, is figuring things out. You have to be resourceful. So uh, as you can, you might be able to hear my dog upstairs too. He's up there running around barking. Uh, but um, yeah, so the origins of the podcast talk about aviation, aviation business, get me online, get me making content try to help some people online and market my products. Origins, uh, that's another topic I had today. And the origins is basically, uh, I don't uh, think that talking about yourself is a, is a good thing if you haven't done something. You know, if you're, if you're always about theory, but you've never executed, then um, it's kind of hard to listen to you because you might not have credibility. And, and this is all my opinion, by the way. None of this is this is a podcast, as you know, we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. You guys take it, leave it how you want. But my opinion is uh, that you have to walk the walk in order to talk the talk. And me talking the talk, I'm not going to talk about, I, I, if I'm going to tell you my opinion about something, I'm going to try to make it based off of my experience. And, um, you know, the origins of me are, I've always been involved with aviation ever since I was in uh a sophomore in high school, um, got involved with aircraft mechanics. I wanted to go to pilot school, but didn't have the money and my parents didn't have the money. So um, the next best thing for me was to get into aviation mechanics. I'd always liked working on things with my hands as a little boy. 
I loved uh, RC cars. I got into nitro RC cars. I got into regular cars, like as I got older, the mechanics of them. And uh, so logically, and I loved airplanes. I loved them all the time. I loved getting on them. I loved traveling on them. I loved the whole experience of the airline. Like when we'd go on trips to see family, I loved getting on the plane and uh, just in the whole experience was really cool. So I knew that airplanes was, were always going to be something of interest to me and uh, got to the point in high school where I had to figure something out. And I had been involved with a school to college program, DMAC in this area in, in Iowa, Des Moines Area Community College that had a, a aviation maintenance program for high school students. So I got involved with that and did half days at the airport looking at aircraft mechanics, which I totally just blew off. And I was interested, but not because really because I had friends and I was in high school, but it came time at high school to, to find something to do. And uh, logically, I finished my A&P license at Indian Hills, another community college in Ottumwa, Iowa, and got my mechanics license to work on airplanes. And this was back in 2010 or 2009. And then we were still involved with the Iraq war at that time. And uh, I think we were tailing the end of it, but there were a lot of, uh, we were still sending resources to um, Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, and uh, so I, the only job that was really available that I could see, because the economy wasn't doing too hot in aviation, was uh, a job for Army Fleet Support at Fort Rucker, Alabama. So me and a f another friend in the aviation course got jobs down there. And so that's where I first started. My first job was working on helicopters for the Army as a contractor. I was not enlisted. At Fort Rucker, worked on Bell 206s and UH-60s doing uh, routine inspections and unscheduled maintenance. But I only stuck that out for about a year until I kind of was a little homesick and fed up and wanted to come home. Then after that, I got involved with um, smaller stuff, piston stuff, at a small FBO. I, I literally got home, needed to get a job, and couldn't find a job. And the first thing, credit to my dad and my upbringing to like just make things happen. Uh, I got out a... At that time, it was a, um, I can't remember if I, how I looked it up, but I just started listing all the airports, started with the closest ones to Des Moines and started calling these airports and saying, Hey, I, I'm a mechanic looking for a job. No, we're not looking for, you know, every single one would say, we're not interested. We don't have any openings. We don't have any openings. And eventually I got to a two and a half hour drive outside of Des Moines, which is where I, I was living with my parents at the time to a little town called, uh, Independence, Iowa. And I called them and they said, yeah, we'll, we'd be more than happy to have you come up and talk to us. It was a small operation. Independence, Iowa was 5,000 people. It was at the time, five, 6,000, small airport. And I went up there and it was an older guy and his wife and a um, couple like kids, high school level, running this place. And I sat down with them and it was really kind of just like talking to your grandparents. But I got, got a job there for $8, which is like... $8 an hour. It was literally, I think it was minimum wage or it might've been a hair up. But the whole point is like as an aircraft man mechanic, you'd never expect a certified one to never make minimum wage. But I accepted that job because I needed one bad. And it came with an apartment, which super was super cool at the airport. I lived with my flight instructor that at the time he wasn't one, but he became one. And so that was a cool experience. I think I stayed that did that for about a year, got my pilot's license while I was there, my private pilot's license. Uh, 
And then that's where I really got fascinated with wanting to run my own thing, do my own thing, uh, kind of be an entrepreneur in aviation. So once again, I got the map out. And this time I had a girlfriend in Des Moines and I wanted to get back to Des Moines. It's the big city in Iowa. And I wanted to be close to home, closer to home. So I uh, circled the map or got on the map, started calling all these places. And, I, and this time, instead of asking for a job, I, I told them, hey, I want to own an FBO or I want to run an aircraft maintenance shop. Is that something that, you know, you guys are looking to, are you guys looking to sell? And sure enough, a uh, small airport in Winterset, Iowa, another town of five, 6,000 people. But this time it was like 30 minutes outside of Des Moines. The guy said, yeah, I'm getting ready to retire another couple of years. I'm, I'm going to retire. So I started working for this old guy down in Winterset and um, really got to learn about doing mechanics to a real in-depth degree on piston aircraft. Got my IA license. I was part of what I had to do to get the job. I mean, he didn't feel comfortable selling me the, the, the company until I had my IA. And I knew that that's what was needed if I was going to make any money. So got my IA license, <clears throat> bought that company, which I come to find out was a horrible decision. But um, at the time, you know, $75,000, bought this small little piston shop in Winterset, Iowa. And I'll talk to you more about why that was a bad idea in later podcasts. But um, my first tip, is, and I'll, let's shorten this up, the or let's shorten this up because I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me talk. I'm kind of tired of hearing myself talk. Bought the company in Winterset, became a business owner. That was in 2015. Operated that for a couple of years, ran into a guy named Anthony. I, I sold that Winterset Aviation. And during the time that I owned Winterset Aviation's backup, I opened um, two or three other shops, uh, just being hungry enough to want to open more shops. Opened a couple more. Took It was just me and it was a one-man shop when I bought it. It was literally the old guy. He ended up obviously retiring. I took over. It was one guy. We grew it to about four or five, four staff members, another mechanic. We opened a flight department. We were running an FBO, so we had fuel, had an office person. I thought it was the big, big deal. But, you know, growing the company, we did that. It was a small company, but we grew it. And along the way, we might have politically got into a little uh, bouts with the board and stuff, but that's another conversation down the road. The point is, is that we, I, I was hungry and eventually the politics got so bad that I didn't want to be there anymore. And I thought a new airport's going to change that. But I quickly found out that all airports have politics, some good, some bad, some will align with your goals, some won't. And that's kind of where I started to really get my first taste of, I think, how airport politics isn't, it's going to be hard to it's going to not it's going to take a while to scale a big company if you're not in tune with the airport boards. If you have a hangar space at an airport, you've got to have good relationships with the the management and the airport board. It doesn't matter if you're aligned with their views or not, like you got to have a good relationship. Otherwise, it's going to be brutal for you. Uh toxic is the term that I like to use down at Winterset, but so anyway, uh me and my family I uh, I got married. We moved to Colorado. I sold the Winterset Aviation and to a guy named Anthony who worked for me. He bought the company, moved to Colorado. I, I, I tried doing my first taste of online businesses there, doing a couple websites. Grease Pilot was one of them. Uh, it never actually launched. Uh, it was an idea for an aircraft maintenance app, but it never made it to fruition. That was the first time I tried using Grease Pilot. 
Then there was airfield support, there was hanger buds, and these are all online companies that I'll talk about later, but tried my taste at online aviation businesses. These are all like services like uh, renting out hangar space. I'll, I'll talk about them later, but I tried my shot at not being a mechanic and it and just working online to see what that would be like. And uh, it didn't work. So I ended up going back out the field, got a job with a guy uh, that out in Broomfield, Colorado, uh, with Greg Boom with uh, Rocky Mountain Aviation. Awesome guy to work for, awesome place, small piston shop, bigger than obviously, uh, or bigger than Winterset. He's got a pretty good size operation going and he has a flight school and maintenance shop and a super nice guy, great guy to work for. Got me weaved into the network of general aviation out there in um, Broomfield or out in Colorado and worked for him for a bit then opened a shop, another shop in Longmont, Colorado. And that was in one year, the most quickest growth I've seen it one of my companies do from zero dollars to 300,000 and on a piston shop in one year that was that was great that was super cool but we had a kid I moved back to Iowa and then started working again with Anthony down at Winterset now today kind of fast forward this is just a short there's a lot of bits and pieces but now today uh, I work with Anthony um, we opened a flight school along the way we, there's just so much to talk about but the the gist of it is I got aircraft maintenance background and we I've got a flight school background. That's my that's my cup of tea, I should say. And I'm interested in doing stuff uh, to help other people. Um, so there's the origins. And let's just finish up the podcast because I'm going on 17 minutes here of rambling. So let's finish up the podcast with the question, why it's important to do what you love for an income is what I've written down. Uh, give me a second. I, I, I want to make sure I collect my thoughts here. It's important to do what you want for an income because maybe you don't have to do it right away. I'm not saying it's something you have to do, but let's just look at uh, the people who are the greatest in the world. If you, first of all, if you want to be good at something, you have, I, I truly believe you have to like it to some degree. And if you don't choose something that you like and you want to be good at it, then what's the point in being miserable all that time that you're learning it, you know, like if you don't like it, then why are you getting involved with it? Because it makes you money, because it increases your status. If, if these are the things that you're doing, that's fine. I just personally think that it's easier to become successful and have a more fruitful life if you find something that you love and may, try to make money at it. So instead of find something to make a lot of money, no, reverse that you need to find what you love and then you can try to make lots of money within that industry because if you love it you're going to wake up every day wanting to go to work instead of dreading to go to work you're not going to look at the clock anymore every day like you are when you're an eight to five employee because you love what you do every day the time goes by so fast for me that i just don't even there's not enough time in the day seriously uh so like you gotta love what you do um because it makes life better a good thing that me and Anthony and anybody I work with says is it's about the journey and it truly is. It's about the journey to get to where you're going because when you get to where you're going, you're going to probably want something else. And so like make sure the journey is filled with some, some things that give you happiness. One fulfillment for me, it's a lot of fulfillment. I, I'm maybe not happy all the time, but I, I love aviation. So I know that this is where I need to be and this is where I want to be. Uh, doing my stuff. 
So I feel purposeful. I feel uh, fulfilled in the aviation industry. It's tough a lot of times, but that's okay because I know I'm where I need to be. So you got to find what you love um, because it's all about the journey. And then, um, you know, if you, if you can make a living doing it, great. I think that's a better life to live than a life where you make lots of money, but you hate what you do. I just never understood that. I, I don't. Uh, and with that being said, let's go ahead and end this podcast. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys in the future. We'll get better. I promise I'll get better. Maybe less ranting, more uh, talking about questions and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for joining the Grease Pilot Show. My name is Michael Sawyer, and we'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm.